Yeah, I've got two microphones. I didn't know. What, you think we're going to be doing like investigative news reporting? Like, I wouldn't constantly. I've never been on the podcast like this. The only time was on vacation, and I was just an ancillary guest. Ancillary? A N C I L L A R Y. When we did the roast of Queen David Furness a year and a half ago, there were two microphones. Surely you saw it then. You had some good jokes. I think Dad had the best, but Mom's yours were good too. We sure are. This is live air. Welcome to the Beantown Podcast for uh, Sunday, December twenty second, twenty nineteen. My name is Quinn David Furness. This is my show, and we're really excited because today is the episode that everyone's been looking forward to. Mom goes to prison, as you might have already heard. Uh, I'm joined by my mother, Jane Dennison Furness, who's uh, we're lucky enough to have her on the podcast today, and she's getting used to the technology here. This is a microphone. You talk into it. Mom's from a different era. <laughs> Mom, how's it going? What's what's happening? It's good, sweetie. Ma, the audio's not going to be able to pick that up very well. Tell me about, I don't know about this ring. Did you get that in prison? Uh, no, your father gave that to me for our 30th anniversary. It's an Oregon oh. sunstone, the State Stone of Oregon. It was in different colors, but we went for the red. Now, you spent your 30th anniversary in, uh, what, Branson, I think. What was that like? Um, Remarkable. Mm. What's your favorite thing to do in Branson, Missouri? Mm. Go home. (laughs) Good one, Mom. Well, um, we're not going to beat around the bush. We're going to get right to it. Um, what, What was it, this past summer? You uh, went to prison this past fall. Mom went to prison, and everyone's been itching to know just uh, what she was in for, how much time she spent there, um, some tips and tricks. So, Ma, why don't you, uh, you know, right off the bat, what what were you in for? Um, Observing a teacher. Mm, Wow. Lots of good anecdotes and (laughs) fleshed-out stories. This is going to be a great interview. Um, what what uh, describe to us what the level of security and clearance was like? Um, well, um, I'm a professor at a local community college, and I went to observe one of our instructors who's teaching at a program in a prison in Central Oregon. Um, it's a fairly large prison. Um, they're renovating par- its minimum and medium security. And they're renovating the minimum security part. So everybody is currently, or excuse me, renovating the, the minimum security part. So they're, everyone right now is in the medium security, and they're operating well below capacity. They only have 900, um, they're called AICs, adults in custody. And so they have a very large GED program. A lot of individuals get their GED while they're spending time um, in this facility. But the program I was going to observe a class for is um, actually part of the welding program. And currently, it's the only educational program they have at this facility. And we'd really like to see that expand. So I I went to um, kind of sit in and listen in on a writing class with 10 individuals. They only have 10 individuals a year that go through this this, um, writing portion for the welding program, which is incredible, seeing that there are 900 individuals there. You said a, a writing portion for the welding program. Mm-hmm. Why does that exist? So most um, most adult education courses or certificate programs have a writing component. 
Um, it's usually a fairly uh, low-level writing component, but um, people who go through the program need to be able to communicate effectively, and so almost all programs, whether they're adult education or actually transfer courses at a college, have some kind of writing component, and so that was what I was there to observe. Mm. And what other types of programs do you want to introduce to the, the prison? I could name a couple, maybe juggling or competitive yoga, but you might have other ideas. You just heard Grandma talking about competitive Well, yoga. Grandma Sal's a podcast legend. She is. I, I, I'm in awe of her. Mm. Um, I would Number one, I would like to see the writing programs offered. They're expanded. I think creative writing would be incredibly successful. Um, also, like writing nonfiction would be fabulous. Um, you know, they have time on their hands. A lot of them really enjoy writing. I think it would be wonderful to start there. And then I just think that expanding educational opportunities for those individuals before they're released, because pretty much everyone there is on their way to being released in the next few years. And um, to stave off recidivism rates, education really is key. Recidivism, R-E-C-E-D-I-V-I-S-M. Good word, Mom. It is a good one. Let's get back to some of the hardcore stuff that the fans really want to hear about. What was the food like in prison? You know, kind of gruel, maybe maggots crawling all over the place. Tell us more about that. I, I didn't see any eating. I was not invited to join them for a meal. So I Ma, know. you got to eat your skin and bones. Look yeah. at you. No, I don't think so. Red dress is practically falling off. But I would this like is... to talk about the strip search. Okay. Expand on that. I didn't have one, and I really wanted one. Ooh. <laughs> Sounds pretty sexy. We should have given more listener discretion as advised tags for Sorry, this Mom show. Has a bad Mom has a problem. Mom does have a problem. That could be our sequel. Oh, Dad's chiming in. Apparently there's a good story of when you walked into prison for the first time. Well, before I got to go to prison, I had to do a background check, of course, and um, be approved by the warden to be able to come and visit. And then when I arrived at the prison, the prison is located a few miles outside of a small town, again, in central Oregon. And you drive out to the end of a road, and then there's a long driveway. And as you go up the driveway and over the hill, you see... I think it's it's 400 acres that the facility sits on. 200 acres are the actual prison complex. And you park, and then you go through a guardhouse, and you have to check in and drop off your cell phone, your keys, everything in a locker, sign in. And then there's a long walk through the yard down to the building where they hold classes. And as you walk by the, the yard, there are individuals outside playing basketball, shooting hoops, and the balls kind of dropped to the wayside, and everybody kind of went up to the fence to look. I don't think they get a lot of visitors. And I was walking in with the head of the educational program and the instructor that I was there to, to observe. And so that was kind of interesting. Everybody was very silent and very respectful, but I, I could feel the isolation of the place. It's very stark, very sterile. Mm. And as I walked into the building, I thought about what it would be like to walk in knowing that you were going to be there for years, and it, it kind of hit me. But. Now, in the classic film, The Shawshank Redemption, Tim Robbins, his, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but he receives a variety of posters of beautiful women throughout the course of his, whatever, 20-year sentence from Morgan Freeman's character. Mom, when you were in prison, did you have any posters of, like, hot firemen or John Stamos or something? 
It's an excellent question. Thanks. No. Okay. If you uh, if you were gonna escape like Andy Dufresne did in that uh, in that classic film based off of the the Stephen King short story. Um, do you think you would have done it the same way as he did with the rock hammer over 20 years in the wall? Or do you have some other tips in mind? Maybe if our listeners are listening from prison currently, maybe you could help them out with some strategies. I'd probably, being a Shakespeare lover, go more for the Romeo and Juliet, um, pretend to die, mm. and then be carried out, and you know, possibly buried alive. And then my dog, Wrigley, would probably dig me out. Oh, Wrigley. Too bad she's deaf and can't really see too much anymore. She's an excellent digger. Mm. Now, recently, you you might have heard about this. Adam Driver was doing an interview with Terry Gross um, of NPR, and Adam Driver is very sensitive about uh, listening to his voice, like a lot of people, but kind of in an extreme way. And he actually stormed out of the interview with Terry Gross um, right in the middle of it as she was playing his clip because he had asked her not to. Um, do you think you could see foresee that happening with this interview? Well, turning my mic on might really change things. Thanks, Quinn. I'm pretty sure your mic's been on the whole time. Really? Yeah, as long as it's... Yeah, as long as it's pushed all the way up. I can't understand these newfangled. So what was the question about Adam Driver? Well, he stormed out of an interview with Terry Gross, and some people have called me the Terry Gross of Rogers Park. Do you, could you, and I, you know. You know I'm a big NPR fan. Mm -hmm. I'm a groupie. And a lot of people have compared you to Adam Driver, so Mm -hmm. kind of powerful stature, broad shoulders. Can you feel my anger? Is it visceral? Yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. Christmas anger is usually Christmas anger. Wow, that's like Catholic guilt, but different. Yes. Tell same. us, tell us some more. What do you, what do you really, what's really chapping your, your hide this Christmas season? Mm-hmm. Chapping my hide this Christmas, boy. There's the phrase I've never heard before. Mm. Well, you know, it's 58 degrees here in Bend right now, and although I'm really thankful that we don't have snowmageddon like we've had the last few years, I wouldn't mind a white Christmas. I would just like to clarify that it's 35 degrees in Bend, well, Oregon. Well, yesterday it was 58, so... Okay, well, was, not when I got too here. too warm. Yeah, well, it's supposed to rain later. That will be nice. Yeah. The I perfect Christmas. silly because I want some snow, no mm. more rain. We've had quite a bit of rain. What are some of your top prison survival tips? You know, it can, um, be, uh, it can be pretty rough and tumble in there. I don't know if you've ever seen... Uh, the Green Mile, but, uh, you know, John Coffey, oof, spoiler alert. So what are, what are some of your tips Hmm. so that you don't end up like Michael Clark Duncan in that movie? Well, I don't think that most people that end up in prison are there because they're bad people. I don't believe in that, but I, I think that as a society, we spend way too much money on incarceration and not enough money on preventing the the issues that make it possible so that people end up in prison. You know, for every dollar we spend on prison, or excuse me, every dollar that we spend on pre-K education, we spend four to five dollars on incarceration. So we really kind of have our priorities backwards. Mm. I just have a a couple more questions here, and we're about to get a little emotional. So my first question is, do you feel any remorse? I do, pretty much every day. Um, you know, I think a lot about you 
and I think a lot about when you were young. And uh, yeah, yeah, I've got remorse. Do you remember that scene at the end of the movie Flight with Denzel Washington when his son writes a letter and the school assignment is write a letter to someone who you've never met and it's really emotional because he writes it to his dad, Sully, you know, Sullenberger. And, uh, you know, it's there's kind of a metaphorical thing because his dad was an alcoholic when he knew him and he feels like, you know, he doesn't actually know him, which is why it pays off in the end. Um, but then they're, you know, they're able to establish a relationship. So my question is, do you feel that way at all? No, but I, I would like to draw your attention to another family classic, Christmas stalwart, and that is How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and especially the part where he abuses his dog, which is, you know, really strikes at the heart of Christmas in many ways. Pets, love. Yeah. Are you referring to the Benedict Cumberbatch 2018 animated version? No, I'm sorry. I never saw that. No, me neither. But, I, you know, besides that, I also think of important things like spending time with your family, picking up your kids at the airport, even if they're wearing a Charlie Brown sweatshirt, and it's embarrassing. Mm. Um, you know, got a lot of, like lot of positive comments on that. One from easy the to spot. That's all I'm going to say. TSA guy at O'Hare. One from, excuse me, the pilot, Ma, the pilot on my flight to Redmond, and then one from my new friend, who I made on my flight. Madison? So, yeah, that's right. We're going to protect your anonymity, though, so we can edit that out. It's no big deal. Um, yeah, there's nobody else named Madison in the whole world. James Madison. He owned a lot of slaves. We used to have a dog named Madison. That was oh, really? Time. Maddie. What kind of dog was it? Um, Shetland Sheepdog. Wow. Mm-hmm. How long did you have that dog for? Oh, not that long. A couple of years. Mm. Did it go to prison? Um, no, she did not go to oh. prison. Well, it seems like something that runs in the family. Do you have anything, speaking of family, do you have anything, you know, looking back on this experience that you'd like to say to the families of this? Um, I think it's really important to step outside your comfort zone and put yourself as much as you can into, um, in, step into opportunities where you get a chance to, um, try to see things from um, different people's points of view. So whether it's um, going to Rwanda and visiting a culture that is very different from your own or visiting a prison or working in schools, um, public schools with young children, I think it's important to um, not just give lip service to trying to understand what it's like to be someone else, but to actually put yourself in positions where you get the opportunity um, to, as much as possible, see what it's like to live a life that other people live. And I think it makes us more empathetic people. It makes us more humane. That's what I would say. Wise words from mom, that's for sure. Well, next time you're in prison, what do you think it's going to be for? Mm. Battery? That's a good question. Battery's a good one. Yeah, battery's a good libel. one. Libel? Probably not. I like libel. libel. That's very possible. Mm-hmm. Perjury? I work with words all day mm-hmm. long. I like Possibly. perjury because it sounds like purgatory. It's a great, very Catholic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very Catholic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, good time. You know, today's the first day of Hanukkah. And you know, you've you know had your issues with Jews in the past that we're going to put behind us. I'm curious, you know, what what would you say to a Jew today if you came across one? 
maybe on their way to, you know, opening ceremonies. Dad and I were just listening to a Jewish historian talk about the history of Hanukkah today. And uh, Jane Pauley. Um, no, it wasn't Jane Pauley, but I would have to say that I never knew there was such an interesting back, background to latkes. I, I just, that was shocking Those little to me. potatoes? Yeah, little cheesy potato fried. Yeah, they were pretty amazing. So fried in the pan mm. and then deep fried. There's so much mm. frying. Twice and the fried. the significance of oil, of course, it goes back to the story of the Maccabees. Mm. That was it was pretty profound. You say the story of the McAfee's? Yeah, no. Like not, Pat McAfee? No. Colt's punter? The the, uh, the old software protection program, McAfee? No, the Maccabees, Glenn Maccabees. Which Old Testament book is that in? Well, that occurs in the time in between the Old and New Testament. Mm. Always felt like we needed, you know, another book to kind of bridge the gap. Maybe something a little bit more the exciting. The has all those extras. The Catholic Bible has all those bonus books. Yeah. Well, we never had any Bibles growing up that had any bonus books. I feel I had a Catholic Bible on the shelf the entire time you were growing up. You know, we were just talking about this last week on our part one of our Home for the Holidays special, but it feels like there's a lot of stuff in the old testament that just kind of wasted space like who sits down with second chronicles and it's like oh yeah this is a page turn this is good stuff i guess first chronicles wasn't enough or maybe it had a lot of errors well if you you make a poor original movie no one's gonna want to go see the sequel Mm -hmm. like cats and cats and dogs and then cats and dogs Two: revenge of kitty galore it just wasn't as good of a picture Mm -hmm. didn't make a lot of money you know you get it mom's a movie aficionado um, there was one other thing I wanted to say, but I forgot what it was. It's been important. Have yeah. you been enjoying all the Christmas cookies since you got home? Wow, we've had, oh, I remember what I was going to say. We've had latkes, and we've had krumkaka, and... The cause, we like to call the it. The cause, spritz, which mom calls... Damn cookies. Damn cookies. I, I yeah, love Because they're shaped like cookies. beavers. And I'm coffee sure creamer. Oh, take yeah. a shot of that Christmas to feel something. Creamer. Haven't had any liquor yet, but maybe yes, we'll break did. that you out. you had a beer on the way home from the airport last That's night. That's beer. I mean liquor. Oh, liquor. The good stuff. Mm. The nectar of the gods. Mm. Yeah, there's lots of they don't let you have that in prison. No. Mm. Um, you ever made hamantaschen, Ma? Uh, haman what? Hamantaschen. H-A-M-E-N-T-A-S-C-H-E-N. Hamantaschen. Can you define that, please? It's like a spelling bee. It's a... Uh, triangular shaped cookie meant to uh, be the same shape and size only on a smaller scale of Haman's hat from the book of Esther and it's a big deal in you know the world of Jews they're filled with sometimes apple sometimes cherry preservatives sometimes um, other fruits pomegranates perhaps figs where did you have them Oh, I make them with my Jewish friends every year. Oh, I didn't know that. See, some of us like to reach across the aisle. We know it's a very divisive time of year, but um, the good news is we can say Merry Christmas again. So, No, I have not had those, but you know we do make some special Christmas foods at our house, like Ab and I are making samosas and cilantro and Mm, chutney Speaking of liquor, mimosas. Um, Here's a, a good question for you. Do you know anyone who actually likes date balls? Uh, yeah, I do. 
Mm, we're going to need to see a list of names. I don't understand this. So for the listeners out there who aren't, don't eat a lot of nut-based cookies, date balls are just dates with shredded coconut on the outside, two of mm-hmm. the Walnuts. probably worst things I could ever imagine in life put together. Yeah. Um, I'd rather have hamantash and dipped in Tabasco. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't really get it. What's the what's this passion? What's this love for shredded coconut? Where did that come from? We live in not anymore, but we lived in the Midwest. Not a lot of coconuts in the Midwest. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's that they're exotic, and we have special foods at Christmas, and so I think that's how that all came about. Mm. My microphone is off again, Quinn. No, you just need to, as long as the button is yeah, slide it up. I keep accidentally hitting it with my mm. big old thumb. Mom. But I'm thinking of leaving out some of our favorite family Christmas treats for Santa, like tap water and rice. <laughs> That's we can't use that on the podcast. It's not your original idea. I'm oh, glad I thought you thought of it long before. Oh, I'm sure. I'm glad oh, you sure. brought up Santa Claus. I just want to read a quick Facebook post that I made a couple minutes ago. Um, this was born out of our trip to First Presbyterian this morning, and it goes as follows. I also tweeted this out. You can follow me at White Buns. Midnight Christmas Eve services are a farce created by the North Pole deep state libtards to get you out of your house while Santa Claus comes in to pillage your cookies, spreading the false narrative that everyone deserves a present, even if they're a do-nothing welfare moocher. Impeach Claus? You know, I don't remember Pastor Stephen saying anything like that or anyone who was in front of church saying that. The thing with organized religion in the Bible is it's a lot of reading between the lines. Not very often in scripture do you get stuff that's super literal until you go to Song of Solomon, not the Toni Morrison kind, the one in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever perused that, but I don't, stuff, we weren't allowed stuff. to read that as kids. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Dad and I read it after you guys went to bed. Oh, Mom, that's highly inappropriate. Yeah, I could see how the message that we heard today about empathy and loving the immigrant and the refugee could easily be misinterpreted you know as the message you were i'm glad you got that good times you can't take things too literally Mm, good times all right any parting thoughts thank you for not leaving the interview like adam driver did Mm, yeah i really like to do the microphone drop but i have to tell you i'm so impressed with these samsung qte is that what they q to you q to you i mean gosh mm. you know i i listen i'm a faithful podcast listener and every week when i listen i had no idea that they were such beautiful microphones not mm. only do they have superior sound quality but they are actually a beautiful piece of technology mm-hmm. and innovation just gorgeous <laughs> they're sleek they're elegant Nice to hold. Mm, very nice to hold. Good balance. Ryan uh, Ryan Austin English was complaining about how heavy they are, but mm. I think they're pretty well, average. He may have you know weak. Well, arm that's been proven to be true. Mm. Yeah. Not everybody can be powerful. Yeah. Don't forget from Genesis to Exodus to Alpha to Omega. When God speaks, He uses a Samson. Can I hang around for the ads? Because that's my favorite part. Sure. Do you want to read any of them? Well, I. I would like to, but I'll need a prompt. Okay. Well, there you go. Home Pride, Oregon. I, I do believe that your sister got to read one. I think I heard I'm sure she has. Are you tired of selling your house for less than a quarter of what it's worth, all because you couldn't find a reliable home inspector in time? 
Well, Oregon listeners, there's good news. Home Pride Inspection Services in Bend, Oregon is Central Oregon's hottest new home inspection provider with inspection services including things like heating and cooling, roofing, plumbing, and so much more. Home Pride Oregon is both contractor certified and home inspection certified, so you know you're getting the good stuff. If you're tired of big real estate's stranglehold on the home inspection market and you want a safe, certified home inspector you can trust, call Steve at 541-410-0316 or visit homeprideoregon.com. That's 541-410-0316 or visit homeprideoregon.com. Home Pride Oregon, inspection perfection. Mm. Good reads, Bob. That was really crisp. That was really clear. Yeah, that was Thanks, really nice. Samson. Yeah, don't be surprised if uh, Home Pride Oregon phone calls spike up to 500% this week during the holidays. Everyone's looking to get their homes inspected. I also passed out cards in prison. Oh, that's very kind of you. Wow. should take on a salaried role. <laughs> a lot of prisoners buying homes is what Dad They're just chimed in and said. They're MIAs, like the artist from South uh, Sri Lanka. Um, one other ad read here, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, cuts by Q, and this is special for me because everything I learned is from from Mom. Uh, Bob and Weave. We all know their hairstyle, and we all love it. <laughs> Good one, Mom. But how many Chicago-based independent barbers can actually give it to you the way you deserve? Not many. <laughs> wow, you're like Andy Richter. Enter Cuts by Q. It's like Enter Sandman, but different. Cuts by Q has been independently owned and operated since 1995. And is probably one of the better barbershop operations serving Chicago, Cook County, and the greater Chicagoland area. From beehives to bangs, faux hawks to flat tops, and everything in between, call Cuts by Q at 815-298-7200 or email cutsbyq at yahoo.com. Again, that's Cuts. Q-U-T-Z by Q at yahoo.com. Oh, when you need a fresh do, something snappy and new, just call the experts at Cuts by Q. Mm, good singing, Mom. All right. Well, this is your first fully featured podcast. It looks like you're still having mic issues over there. Um, any other uh, parting words for the podcast? You know, if you go back to prison, it might be a while before we get you back on. I think one of the most difficult things for AICs is they don't have access to outside information. Like all, podcasts. Like podcasts, no internet. All of their books are really, really old. And I think that investing in education with AICs is one of the most important things we can do. Of individuals who have some college education have received it while they are incarcerated. Um, recidivism rates are as low as 19%, but those who do not have access to education, recidivism rates are above 60%. I think that's pretty telling. Um, and I would also like to put big shout out there to Game Pigeon, which is pretty much underwriting our entire Christmas time together. It's really saved our family. God, it has. That and Trump. Um, no. Mm. All right, well... For all of us here at the Beantown Podcast, um, 
coming up next. Uh, very exciting. I have now, for the first time, physically gotten my hands on the Scott Farrell memoir. Um, it's large. It's in charge. It's upstairs. I opened up the book and in, without page numbers in about 20 seconds found out or found my section, which I think is kismet. Um, it's going to take a really long time. I don't think I fully grasped how long it's going to take to do the entire audio book. Um, so it might not come out for a couple of years just because that's how long it's going to take me to read it. Can you send me the abridged version like in 20 words or less? 20 words? Yeah. And that that's hmm. giving you a lot of latitude too. Leather, leather, opera, and more leather. I think that was six words, something mm. like that. Okay. That, that's good. You know, we should have, um, I was on the phone this past week with hashtag friend of the podcast, Matthew Fiedler, who I bought a copy for this Christmas season. And he read me the parts of the book because I still didn't have the book yet. He read me the parts of the book where I'm featured. Um, and it was interesting to, to see how Scott describes our interactions. Um, somewhat accurate. I'd say 80% accurate. Um, but, you know, that's just about a page and a half and about a five or 600 page book. So if you're just looking for that portion, skip to about 37 hours in and you might, uh, you might get it. So, yeah, that's about all I got. Any, uh, anything else, Ma? No, thank you for inviting me on. It's been a real pleasure. Of course, you know, I wasn't expecting to be on the whole program, so this was a real stretch for me. Well, we kept it under half an hour. Not as big of a stretch as when I was born. That's the important thing. Yeah, that was, ooh, mm. Lord have mercy. Traumatic for both of us. Yeah. Okay. Remember, I did slap the doctor when you were born by accident. Ouch. Mm. Sounds painful. It was. Mm. Wow. People are coming in, commenting on the length of the podcast. We're not even done. That's highly unusual and extremely rude. Well, no, he, brother was just saying that because he's in awe that you could get so much information and misinformation in under 30 minutes. That's pretty incredible. Mm, it's funny. I was walking down the whatever it's called, the Redmond Airport. If you, you know, you get coming into in. the thing and then you have to walk down to get to the place where you can get out. And I said something to. Madison and I don't remember what it was and she said boy you sure like to make up a lot of shit don't you and I was like you get me so oh I should have told her about the podcast yeah, I, told her. I don't think she would have remembered well, any of it though if you invite her out you have her card you can invite her out and we go out I do have her card drink. I will cool. I told her I would good times, yeah. good good times. times. she gave me a big hug big when hug she met me. yeah it was it was touching moving mm. it could Spirit. be love yeah all right that's about it for us we're gonna Merry Christmas, you. everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You know, one last thing here, um, and I, I think everyone in the family knows this, but um, I've been sharing this nugget with other friends and stuff who, who aren't aware of this. In the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer special, the whole storyline of Yukon Cornelius is that he's searching for something, precious minerals, with his pickaxe. And the whole movie, he's completely unsuccessful, never finds what he wants. Well, there's a deleted scene that lasts all of 20 seconds that uh, ABC cut out back in, you know, 1874, whenever it came out, um, where Yukon Cornelius, as Rudolph is flying into the air with Santa Claus, throws up his pickaxe, lands in the ground, Yukon licks it, and finds what he's been looking for all along, a peppermint mine, and 
they cut it out of the movie wow. and it makes no sense because it completely you understand Yukon Cornelius's character once you've seen that scene. Did so, you ever see the blooper reel? The blooper reel of Rudolph? Oh my god, it's so funny. Well, Yukon is a potty mouth. I didn't know they had enough money for blooper reels back then. God, they had to dub mm. over most of what he says because <laughs> he swears like a sailor. Well, he's from, you know, the Northwest Territories or whatever. It's yeah, a little bit different up there. For. It's a children's okay. program. Well, Maybe they didn't tell him when they were... How many children's programs are there where you're hunting the abominable snowman? It doesn't seem like... I don't know, but it also teaches kids to put their tongue on metal out in the cold, which is... Yeah. He's Rudolph just a, does? He's a Yukon. Well, he's, he's a terrible role It's not model. as bad as a Christmas story where it's like a challenge to, you know, attach your tongue to the pole. He's just, he's just, you know, looking for taste. Yeah. Well, he also was an anti-dentite, as everyone knows. No, he wasn't. He was pro-dentite. No. He's the biggest pro-dentite no, in all the North Pole. They didn't show in the blooper reel, you see, that he is not in favor of, what was the elf's name? Hermie. Hermie. He was not, he was mean to Hermie. Mm. He was a boy. Wow. They acted so well. Well, they did. Mm. They cut out all those those parts we'll have to go look for that uh, you can uh, continue the conversation with us on beantownpodcast.com you can email us beantownpodcast at yahoo.com again it's beantown podcast at yahoo.com you can tweet at us at beantowncast or my personal twitter is white buns but you're pretty much just going to be getting Wichita State and DePaul basketball information so if you're into that great if not maybe look elsewhere all right I got to eat something. Haven't eaten in like 48 hours. No one feeds us. All right. Yeah. Take care. Merry Christmas. Feels good to be able to say that again. I'll tell you what.